From inflation to the rising cost of health care, in today's economic environment, many patients may delay or choose not to move forward with recommended care because of the cost. By accepting the Care Credit credit card, you can help more patients get the care they want and need without delay by offering a convenient way to pay for coinsurance, deductibles, and care not covered by insurance. Plus, when patients use Care Credit, you receive payment in two business days, helping to increase cash flow and reduce self-pay receivables, enhance the patient experience, and help increase satisfaction and loyalty with Care Credit. For more information or to get started, visit carecredit.com/mgma-podcast. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Today, we're happy to welcome MGMA member Eric Koch to the show. Eric is Executive Director of Rolling Hills Clinic in California. Eric, glad to have you here. Welcome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So this may be an easy one. I don't know if you remember, but what got you interested in healthcare in the first place? Uh, it was kind of uh, by accident, actually. I guess uh, I was living in Australia, going to school to become a high school teacher. And at the time, I realized uh, teaching wasn't for me and I really wanted to be in management. And my mother mailed me some of my uh, old mail. And in one of them was a uh, a job listing for a CFO opening at a critical access hospital. It uh, wow. caught my attention and I thought, okay, I think I can do this. So I uh, applied for it while I was living in Australia. I interviewed and uh, they uh, wanted to do a face-to-face. -face, so I flew back from Australia and you could say the rest is history. I uh, got the job and started healthcare from then on. What a great story. Um, and then likewise, uh, what started your affiliation with MGMA? How did that connection take place? Oh, basically uh, with MGMA, I guess I had uh, a former uh, CEO who uh, I worked with and uh, he thought I basically had a certification with uh, MGMA. He thought I was CMPE certified like him and I wasn't. So uh, it got me curious and I said, oh, what is this MGMA thing? Because uh, I'm not familiar with it at all. So uh, I did some research on it and found uh, it's uh, primarily focusing on healthcare clinic practices. And at the time I was working for an FQHC and I thought this would be great. So uh, I started reading the literature, went to a conference or two and realized there was just a lot of great information. And uh, that's what I mean. So I decided to uh, join and uh, still a member as of this day. That's great. All right. Well, we'll talk more about that membership here in a minute. Um, but first, let's go back to Rolling Hills Clinic. Tell us a little bit about the clinic. What's the size and scope of the practice? Where Where's y'all's focus? Yeah, uh, Rolling Hills Clinic is a five-location, multi-specialty healthcare system located in Northern California. Uh, we offer services in family medicine, pediatrics, pain management, dermatology, behavioral health, physical therapy, cardiology, and we're about to introduce chiropractic medicine. So uh, we cover quite a bit. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we provide a great service to the community uh, up in Northern California. We're primarily uh, an Indian health services. 
So we provide care to Native Americans, but we also provide care to the community in general as well. So we're kind of like an FQHC, but uh, we're but we're under the auspicious of Indian Health Services. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting uh, that that is a focus of y'all. So give us an idea. What are some of those challenges then uh, for Indian Health Services? Um, how do you how do y'all navigate that? Oh, the challenge is uh, with Indian Health Services. Uh, they're not too bad, actually. But I guess, uh, you know, the biggest challenge for us is just recruitment. Uh, at this time, we're trying to find uh, medical assistance, which is uh, very hard in this day and age. But uh, because we're with IHS, uh, finding providers is a little bit easier because we get the, the benefit of uh, loan forgiveness through the National Health Service Corps and through IHS. So we have access to multiple programs. So we're one of the oddballs where we really don't have a provider shortage, but we do have a medical assistance shortage. But in terms of IHS, uh, there's different types of uh, uh, of arrangements you can do with them. Uh, so we're basically, uh, they give us a lump sum of money and say, you run it yourself. And so we don't have a lot of strings and uh, uh, what's it called, uh, bureaucracy or barriers uh, blocking us. So it's actually okay. a good relationship. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, you know, working with IHS is pretty good. We have a rep, a uh, great guy, helps us out when we need it. But I'd like to say, you know, a great relationship with them and uh, they allow us to provide services to the community, which is, is, which is most important. Uh, of the uh, Native Americans uh, that you are working with, are they primarily of particular tribes or what, what is their heritage and background? Yes. Uh, we're probably affiliated more so with uh, the Pesquenta Band of Nomlaki uh, Indians. So they're the primary uh, uh, Indians we see. But we're open to, like I said earlier, anybody in the community and other Native tribes that happen to be in the area. So because we offer all these multi-specialty services, we get people from Greenville Ranchiera, Redding Ranchiera, Northern Valley Indian Health Services, they all come to our clinics because of some of the services we offer that other uh, native health organizations uh, don't offer. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, like I said, it's a pretty interesting uh, organization because the Biskenta Band of Nolaki Indians is uh, the owner of the entity. But uh, like I said, we're, we're here not just for them. We're here for everybody. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, now, this podcast, this particular episode, is part of our MGMA member spotlight series where we're really taking time to get to know those MGMA members. For years, I've interviewed lots of uh, people on the show who might be have some sort of expertise in healthcare, but often we're not necessarily MGMA members. So we really wanted to turn the lens on all of you who we just have formed great relationships with, gotten to know, provided education for, but uh, also gotten to network uh, with and gotten to know y'all over the years. So um, I sent out, a, I guess you'd call it a questionnaire, a, a hand-raised type uh, inquiry with MGMA members. Eric, you were one of the people who responded to that and you provided a quote. I want to read this uh, for our audience. It says, I would like to share with people who work in the finance side of healthcare that they do have opportunities to grow into a future CEO. I would like to explain to them how one can proceed from finance 
into operations. Talk about that. You've written a pretty big check there. So let's see uh, what you can share with us. I mean, I love uh, that attitude. Love to hear some of the steps that uh, our listeners can take to make that a reality. Sure. I guess, uh, like I said, I, I wanted to say that most people who work in healthcare that are in the finance realm usually believe that they hit the peak of their career once they become the CFO and don't aspire to become a CEO. Uh, I'm here to say that uh, most CFOs can become a CEO and thrive in that position if they take the opportunity to learn more about clinical operations. I believe uh, my background as a CFO makes me a better CEO as I can quantify and measure operational issues into dollars and cents that most CEOs cannot do. I also have the ability to see how operational decisions affect the whole organization from a financial and non-financial aspect due to my finance background. So I want people to realize that if you take a little bit of initiative and you know work with your COO, work with your CEO, learn just a little bit about operations, uh, your background in finance just goes so far because every day I'm getting uh, requests like, Eric, uh, can we add pain management? And I'm like, oh, let me look at the numbers. Boom. I could turn around, make a decision a lot quicker because I understand that. And working with uh, the clinicians, I have a better understanding of the productivity. So when you start merging the two together, you know, you can make really good decisions and you can, uh, you know, you, have, you know, you can do things a lot easier. And uh I think a lot of CFOs get intimidated about uh, operations because, uh, you know, we're, we're known to be like the bookkeepers, you know, the right. CF knows of the world. And uh, <laughs> I know it's uh, it's but it's not true, you know, but when, you, you know, a good CFO, I believe, is not a bookkeeper anymore. We're more as an advisor to the CEO. And when you become an advisor, you kind of get away from your uh, finance, a little box and you start learning, like, what do I use this data for? to help the CEO to make a decision. You know, like, what do the numbers mean? How do we project out? How can I help the CEO make strategic decisions? And as you work with the CEO, you start realizing, wait a minute, maybe I could become a CEO because I understand what they're looking for, but I got the advantage of understanding the numbers a lot better than what a CEO does. So learning the operations comes with time as you're exposed to it more often, but I wouldn't be, but it's uh, every day in my executive capacity, I'm looking at my finance background to help me make decisions. And I, I'd like to think it, uh, you know, it op like I said, I, I never realized it when I first got into uh, healthcare and I realized that, yeah, CFO can be a good CEO if they have the time to uh, learn just a little bit more about operations and uh, don't just be satisfied just being a CFO because you can be a CEO one day. I love that. So as a final question, then, is there a step uh, or steps you would suggest people take if they want to make a transition from the financial side over to more of the operations or executive branch of an organization, either through continuing education, networking, finding a mentor? What would be that first step or two you would suggest? I think the very first step is uh, sign up with MGMA. Uh <laughs> I want people to know that uh, becoming certified in MGMA as a CMPE is very important. When you think of uh, the medical provider, you ask whether the, they are board certified, uh, as that lets you know uh, you're dealing with a medical professional who is at the top of their game. I see the CMP certification as showing the public and employers that 
when you hire someone with, whether it's a CFO or CEO with the CMPE certification, you're being assured you're getting almost like a board certified healthcare executive. And that's what distinguishes us, you know, in uh, MGMA. When you have that certification, you could proudly say, hey, I'm an expert. I know a lot of things. I understand the finance. I understand how to run a clinic. I really understand that. So I really believe uh, the very first step is just belonging to MGMA and plan on getting your certification. Because I can't tell you how many job openings I see where they want uh, someone uh, with a CMPE certification. I also believe participating in the MGMA conferences, whether they're the national level or the state level, also important because some of the people who are coming to uh, uh, the, those conferences doing great presentations, you learn a lot in different fields. And like what you mentioned earlier, that's how you start to network with people. Because yeah. you might be thinking, Oh darn! I wish I wish to open a, a physical therapy, uh, right. you know, uh, practice. I have no clue what to do. <laughs> and thanks to my networking with MGMA, I was able to meet uh, a physical therapist who uh, has an operation and got into telephysical therapy, which I never right. knew existed. And I was able to uh, help get that started in my organization. So, like I said, I think the very first thing is believe in yourself. Because uh, mm -hmm. there's other people who've been in your position before, and yeah. they didn't understand, and you you know you have to crawl before you can before you can walk before you can run. So that's like this, and I think MGMA is uh, is the tool that allows you to crawl a lot faster and get to that running stage because of the resources they offer, the education they provide. Like the monthly uh, webinars are amazing. You get mm -hmm. CPE, CME credits. I mean everything under the sun, and just the networking uh, you get through uh, MGMA. Is, is worth the price of admission. So I think that would probably be the uh, what I would do if I had to start all over again. Yeah. Well, Eric, it has been great getting to meet you. Um, will you be in Nashville in October? Or are you able to make it out there this year? Uh, that's the plan. I'm going to try to head out there because uh, I had a great time uh, a few years back when I went to the Nashville conference and hoping to be back there again. Okay. Well, I will look for you there in Nashville. So thank you again for uh, joining us today on the MGMA Member Spotlight Podcast. Oh, no problem. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Member Spotlight Podcast. Thanks again to Eric Koch. In our episode show notes, I'm going to provide some direct links to points of interest that we discussed today. Thanks again for listening and for being a part of the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.